for your son who's reigning here on the inside. God, you get the glory out of our hour together today. God, we don't want to get in the way. We want to sing your songs of giant Zion. We want to pray your prayers. We want to read your scriptures. And God, we want to give you the glory. God, we want to give you the glory because you deserve the glory today. God, we thank you. Thank you for the life of this wonderful, wonderful wife, wonderful mother, wonderful grandmother. God, thank you for her life. And thank you for receiving her into your kingdom. And God, as we go through our time together, God, be with this family. Be with this husband. Be with these daughters. Be with these grandchildren, oh God. And God, when we leave here, we're going to leave here today knowing that we have been in your presence. And we're going to leave here leaping and jumping, knowing that we have been here today to give you the glory. Thank you. Oh, God, for bringing us here. God, do what you need to do during this hour. God, we love you. We honor you. And we praise your holy and righteous name. Come on, everybody, give God some praise in here. Come on, won't you give God some praise? You may have your seats. The choir's going to come now, and they're going to sing when we all get to heaven.
together if God hasn't failed you yet this morning. Amen. Something to be said about about praising uh, praising our Lord as um, we remember uh, the life of Sister Elizabeth Gadine. Um, I want to read to uh, you all uh, a couple scriptures um, that have been chosen. Um, first from Psalm 23 and uh, the second from John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. Uh, but the first from Psalm 23 possibly a familiar one to us, be reading from the uh, New King James Version, and it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And our second passage uh, comes uh, from John 14, verses 1 through 6. And this is Jesus uh, speaking here. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house uh, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, have, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you please uh, bow your heads with me um, in a, a word of prayer? Dear Lord, I come before you right now, God, and I thank you for the beautiful and the wonderful life of Sister Elizabeth Gadine. God, I thank you for the family and the friends that represent um, just how special, God, uh, this woman was to her and to them and how special her life was. God, we thank you for her right now this morning. Lord, I ask that you would just really bless um, every person in here, God, everyone that has been affected, um, God, by uh, her transition, God, into glory to see you face to face. I pray that they would be comforted, uh, comforted, God, knowing that she rests in the arms of your son, Jesus, that she rests in the arms of his everlasting love. God, I pray that your love and, and God, your, your comfort would be with them, that you would wrap your loving arms around them, be with them in the days of head, be with them in the weeks and the months to follow. God, man, send loved ones, God, to surround them uh, as your loving presence, God, because we know, Lord, that, man, the days may not be easy ahead, God, but when we walk with you, Lord, man, they're a little bit easier to take on. Our burdens become a little bit lighter. God, I pray that they would seek your help, that they would seek your face. God, be with this family and remind them, God, that their dear sister, their dear mother, their dear friend, rest in peace. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
parents give us life. Our grandparents give us a sense of who we are and where we came from. This week, as we said goodbye to Grandma, it hit me how lucky I've been to have my grandma with me for 34 years. Uh, not only with me, but uh, to pay a big part in my life. She, I mean, she basically helped raise me too. Up until uh, her Alzheimer's got worse, my grandma had more energy than most people. I mean, she worked at night from 11 to 7, get home. Most people go to sleep, but she ain't going to sleep. She got moves to make. Even though she couldn't drive, she uh, was in the street all day. She got her naps in the passenger seat. And, and I, as I called people and told them about my grandma passing, most of my friends and other family members, you know, people who lost their grandmother early when they was young or they ain't never met their grandmother. So I feel lucky that I had her in my life as long as I did, even though it was rough these last, like, 10, 15 years. so much part of who I am that even though I knew she would one day leave us, I can't quite believe she she impacted my life in so many ways she really basically helped shape who I am and in turn she basically gonna shape, help shape who my kids will be when they get older. Well, I always love her. I save a special part in my heart for her. I know we all will miss her. That's, that's it. Yeah. I can't even breathe. I love y'all, man. It's like Robert said, my mom worked at third shift, 7 to 7. And she'll say, hey, Danielle, I'm ready to go early in the morning, ready to go to South Park Mall. She liked to shop and eat. That's when she's a diva. Everybody know her grandma. She likes to shop all the time. But during the time, she forwarded for 15 years of her Alzheimer's. When she immediately took to the doctor. She turned 62 when she 40, that line. A lot of people would not be here for all sales. 
And it's hard for me. I know she is a good place right now, but she's my best friend. Even God gave me a second chance for me being living, for me even helping me raise, helping my mom up through her sickness. Everything happened for my life. So it's hard for me to breathe right now. And she was the best friend for her brothers, her family, her grandkids, even my sisters and everything. She did a lot for all of us. And I will always miss you each and every day. And people say, you look just like your mom. Of course, all different things. Like she looked like my sister here. Look at her hips. She got the hips from my mom. You look at her now. She got it. It's the thing like she act like Penny. She act like her mama. And I look like my mama. Every little, little thing, we look just like my mama. So I always will miss her in the name of Jesus. And she always been a good father, husband. My father stopped it on the road. He did a lot for my mom. And he's going to miss her. That's his best friend right there. Because let's keep praying for us each and every day. Thank you. on February 2nd, and every time I wake up at 2.30, something's going on in the family. Um, stayed up till 6, waiting for the phone call, and um, I had a conversation with God about peace. Like, what does real peace look like? When will I ever be able to see what real peace looks like? Shortly after I got dressed and got the phone call that she was fading. And um, as the week went on, me and my sister Penny, we talked a lot about different things that happened in our lives. And um, Sunday morning as I was getting dressed, I was like, Lord, it's a lot of unanswered questions. And you know what the Lord said? He said, I never promised you closure, but I promised you peace. A lot of times we're looking for temporal answers, carnal answers. And the Lord says, I promise you peace if you hang out with me for the rest of your life. And that's what we have today is peace. My mother was one of the most fiery five-foot two women ever hit this earth. Um, like my sister said, she loved shopping. Um, and unfortunately, the daughters have it pretty bad. Um, but we, we just like nice things. Um, I want to shout out to my stepdad. Um, he stopped his life to take care of my mom. 
he stopped driving on the road to take care of my mom. And I know some people are like, well, that's his wife. A lot of people put people who have Alzheimer's in the nursing home. And he said, every day I would never leave her side. And he never left her side until her dying days. So I just want to celebrate my mom, celebrate my sisters. And if you're looking for closure in life, find peace. Because you're not going to get all the answers here. It's not going to happen you will find the peace of God. And I just want to thank everyone who is here as well, um, all of my family and my friends near and far. I just want to give you um, my love and appreciation from uh, the Goodine family and from the Smith family. We love you so dearly. words. Come on, listen, we ought to give God some praise right now. Thank you, Robert, and thank you, Sharif, and Pastor Pamela. Thank you so much for painting the picture of your mom. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Your words mean a lot. We're thankful for each and every one of you, as Pastor Pamela said, for being here Whatever you have done to assist this family during this time of bereavement, if you stopped by the house, if you sent a card, if you brought food by, whatever you have done, we just want to say thank you to you. Because you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. But this family is so thankful and we're so grateful. But I want to say to you that tomorrow is going to be a little bit more difficult for this family. So can we agree? that we are going to continue to call them. We're going to continue to stop by the house. We're going to continue to send text messages, emails, just to let them know that they are still in our prayers. Are we still going to do that? Come on, let's give God some praise, signifying that we will continue to call you We'll continue to send you emails. We'll continue to stop by the house because you mean so much to all of us. I want to say to you, Brother Gadine, I talked to Pastor Moss before the celebration, and he said he's been calling you. <laughs> you haven't been picking up that phone. He's been trying to reach you. So he's probably going to call you after the service is over. Pick up the phone. Talk to Real Moss. Because he wants to hear your voice. Amen. Thank you all again. We will hear another selection from this wonderful, wonderful choir. Let's give God some praise for them as they shall come. After they sing, I'll come back with words from the Lord.
a departure, a departure from this life, but an arrival in heaven, which is the next life. But when he says this, he, he uses this word departure, and this word takes its meaning from the idea of a ship in the harbor. And the time has come to cast off the lines and set sail for parts unknown. Now listen, if Paul were writing this today instead of ships, he would probably use airplanes to illustrate his meaning. And it would be as if Paul were saying, the time has come to catch my plane. But he uses the same word in Philippians 1.23. But in order to get the context of what Paul was talking about, you've got to look back to Verse 21, there he said, for to me, living is for Christ and dying is even better. Yet if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful service for Christ. I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. Sometimes I want to live and sometimes I want to depart and go and be with Christ. Because that would be far better for me. So in this text, Paul is informing us that death for the Christian is like a departure. What that means is we are cutting loose from this life and setting sail for the next life. So he begins by saying, I have fought a good fight. Now listen, the language Paul uses means to contend for a prize or to struggle. So what I gather from what Paul is saying is that life has been a real struggle at times. And I think that each of us, if I would go around the room, you would understand what that means. But listen, Paul reminds each of us that although life can be a real struggle at times, it really is worth the struggle. Amen. It's worth it. Everything that we endure down here, everything we've got to go through down here, it really is going to be worth it all when we make it to heaven. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? See, see, I'm not worried about what's going on down here. I'm not worried about the bills that I've got to pay. I'm not worried about sickness even in my body because I know at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it all. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody know it's going to be worth it all? Oh, it's going to be worth it all. I'm just saying to you, you got to go through some stuff. You got to go through some things down here, but I don't want you to give up. I want you to keep pressing your way through what you're going through because it's going to be worth it all. Hallelujah. It's going to be worth it all. It may not look like it right now, but I came to tell somebody, keep going through, keep trudging your way through because if you keep on doing what God has called you to do, it will be worth it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel, I feel that it's going to be worth it all. You see, Paul was positive and you can hear that in his words. 
And with that positive outlook on life, I love a positive person. I love a person that always is talking about things that are good, that are going to happen. So Paul was like that. And so he gives us some powerful reasons why he is able to face his departure from this life with confidence. First of all, Paul is able to face his departure from this life with confidence because he knew where he was headed. Hallelujah. So you can be confident if you know where you're going. You can be confident. You can stick your chest out. The apostle Paul knew where he was headed. His departure from here means his arrival in heaven. Paul knew without a shadow of a doubt where he was headed in eternity. Oh, help me somebody. See, you can stick your chest out. You can hold your head up if you've gotten yourself ready down here. Because when the last breath is taken, you're going to be all right. Because it means your arrival in heaven. Hallelujah. That's why he was confident. That's why he knew. He knew where he was going. And he says here in his last letter in Corinthians, therefore we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We are confident. Yes, well pleased. Rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with God. But as with most things in life, you really can't have it both ways. You see, to be present with the Lord means you've got to give up this life do you realize that the bible says that you can have that you can know for sure where you are headed in eternity that's what i love about reading the bible first john 5 13 says these things i have written to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life death does not have to be a leap into darkness or into the great unknown. The Bible tells us that by placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can be saved. In a scripture that's all, that almost everyone who has ever been in church has heard, John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life so what that means in the bible it means if we have placed our faith and trust in jesus christ when the time of our departure comes we can face it with confidence oh my god i need to say that one more time if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ when the time of your departure comes, you can face it with confidence. I believe that Sister Goodine, she knew with confidence what was going to happen when she took her last breath. She was confident knowing she was assured of her place in heaven. This means, brothers and sisters, we don't have to fear the moment of death. We can approach it with confidence. If we place our faith in Jesus, we can face death like a prisoner awaiting his release from prison. We can actually face it like a child when the end of the school term is near. We can face it like a bird ready to fly south. 
and we can face it like a patient in the hospital, anxiously scanning the doctor's face to see whether a discharge may be expected. I long to be gone. I long to extricate myself from the flesh. I have too long been in. Seeing the great doors of eternity swinging open, such is the prospect of death for a Christian. Mm. Listen, Sister Goodine was a Christian, and she knew where she was headed. But you know, secondly, Paul is able to face his departure from this life of confidence because he knew that he had successfully finished his race. Oh my God, I love to get to the finish line. The Bible often uses the image of a foot race to describe the Christian life. But this foot race is not just a hundred yard dash. Brothers and sisters, it is a marathon. You are probably familiar with how the Apostle Paul started his race. That is how he became a Christian. The story is told in Acts 9 how Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians when he was struck down by a blinding light and he heard the voice of Jesus. Paul became a Christian because of that experience. But you know what? I want to tell you today that you don't have to experience a blinding light to be saved. In actuality, it's really simple. All it means is that you recognize that you are a sinner and that you can't save yourself. All you must do then is accept what Jesus has already done for you through his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. Oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? All of us know that he paid the price for all of us. All of us know that we don't have to look at death with tears, that we can look at it with happiness because we got ourselves ready down here. Oh, hallelujah. I think all we need to do is get ready. Get ready because our day is coming as well. I came to tell somebody that all we need to do is accept Jesus Christ as first in our lives. And if we do that, that's the first thing, the only thing that you've got to do. Hallelujah. You ought to put your hands together right there. Come on, God didn't make it hard. He made it simple. Oh, come on. He sent his son to die on a cross, a cruel cross for your sins and for my sins. He made it easy. He said, all you got to do is accept what my son did for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to accept the invitation of our Lord. All you must do is accept Jesus and accept what he's already done for you. And that settles it. But I got something, the last thing I want to talk to you to do. You got to first begin. You got to first do that. In verse 8, Paul turns from reasons for his confidence in departure to tell us some things about his arrival. Listen what he says. He said, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Listen, when we head off on a trip at the airport, we make sure that we get on the plane. Brothers and sisters, we endure the flight. And at the end of the flight, 
there is an arrival. Often the reason for the excitement associated with the trip is not the trip itself, but because of who is waiting for us on the other side. The same thing is true for the Christian. We face departure from this life with excitement, not because the departure is exciting, but because of who and what is waiting for us there. I don't mind plane rides, although the truth of the matter Huh, they're not the most enjoyable things in the world. I am willing to endure all the inconveniences associated with flying. I'm, I'm good about the lines at the airport. I'm even good about those little small seats that are all crammed together on the plane, divided by those little tiny aisles where the flight attendants are always bumping your elbows and all those little compartments designed to be slightly smaller than your smallest piece of luggage. I will not even start on the bathroom on the planes. But what I'm trying to say this afternoon is that flying is not always that pleasant, but we don't really mind. You know why we don't mind? Because it gets us to our destination. Hallelujah. When the time comes for our departure, it may not be a delightful experience. It may include a hospital stay. It may even include a nursing home. It may include illness and incapacitation. But brothers and sisters, the goal will be worth it all. <laughs> oh, I don't care what I have to go through down here. I don't care what I have to face down here. When to heaven it will be worth it all does anybody know it'll be worth it all it's gonna be worth it all I just came to tell you today it's gonna be worth it all there's a hymn that I think summarizes what I'm trying to say and that hymn is entitled it will be worth it all it will be worth it all when we see Jesus life's trials will seem so small when we see Jesus one glimpse of his face, all sorrow will erase. So I came to tell you so bravely, run the race till we see Jesus. Amen. Amen. What I'm trying to say is hang on in there. Hang on in there. Do whatever you got to do down here on this earth. Because at the end of the day, it will be worth it all. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share today. We thank you for this family, and we pray and lift them up to you right now. Thank you for this husband. God, wrap your loving arms around him right now. Let him know he's never alone. Let him know and let these daughters know, let these grandchildren know that you have received Sister Goodine into your kingdom. And she's all right. <laughs> she's all right. It's us that have to get our lives together so we can meet her there. Now, Father, we're going to leave this place and we're going to go over to the cemetery and we need you over there as well. So give us traveling mercies, oh God. Allow us to reach our destination without any hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask for the funeral directors to return now.
choir is going to give us our final selection. I'm going to ask everyone but the family to please stand. We're leaving here going over to Sunset Memory Gardens. If, you, if you're going to follow us, you're welcome to follow the funeral directors. I shall wear a I shall see his face. 